Welcome to Day 95 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And of course, Deuteronomy leads us to a very poignant moment in the life of Israel as a new generation uh, is about to cross the Jordan River and go into the land that God has promised and to see God's hand at work in giving them the land the same way His hand was at work in the previous generation as He rescued them from the grip of Egypt. And uh, as we come to the end of Deuteronomy, uh, the covenant is all important. Uh, the very heart of what it means to be God's people and to live in God's blessing. So you have a rehearsal of the covenant uh, through these chapters. Uh, we're going to cover chapter 29 today and chapter 30 tomorrow. And it will kind of lead you into the, the spirit of the covenant and Moses' encouragement for people to be faithful uh, to the God who has called them, the God who has loved them, the God who has promised to bless them and promised to walk with them. So we come to Deuteronomy chapter 29. And uh, as always, did I tell you, I'm Paul Camp here with uh, the Kreskis, uh, both uh, Catherine and Matthew and David Dean Keefe. So oh, David Dean, name. why don't you uh, yeah, let's do it, lead man. us in prayer? Right, let's, let's My social security number is... No. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for your word. Um, we thank you for the wonderful story uh, that we've read so far, how you have called the people and chosen the people and set your affections on the people and, and how you have been faithful to them. And we thank you for your heart and how it's been revealed in Scripture, and we ask that as we turn now to your word, um, you would help us to behold wonderful things, that as we look at your Scriptures, our, our hearts and our affections would be renewed and restored as we um, remember once again who you are and what you have done for us. So thank you for your love. Um, thank you for your wonderful history of redemption. And uh, we pray that um, you would do a great work in us, shape us um, to be your people. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Deuteronomy 29. These are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with Israelites in Moab, in addition to the covenant he made with them at Horeb. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. With your own eyes you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands, or eyes that see, or ears that hear. Yet the Lord says, During the forty years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. When you reached this place, Sion, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, came out to fight against us, but we defeated them. We took their land and we gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. All of you are standing today in the presence of the Lord your God, your leaders and chief men, your elders and officials, and all the other men of Israel, together with your children and your wives, and the foreigners living in your camps who chop your wood and carry your water. You are standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God, a covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath to confirm you this day as his people that he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm making this covenant with its oath, not only with you who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord your God, but also with those who are not here today. You yourselves know how we lived in Egypt and how we passed through the countries on the way here. 
You saw among them their detestable images and idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold. Make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord your God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. When such a person hears the words of this oath and they invoke a blessing on themselves thinking, I'll be safe even though I persist in going my own way, they'll bring disaster on the watered land as well as the dry. The Lord will never be willing to forgive them. His wrath and his zeal will burn against them. All the curses written in this book will fall on them, and the Lord will blot out their names from under heaven. The Lord will single them out from all the tribes of Israel for disaster according to all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. Your children who follow you in later generations and foreigners who come from distant lands will see the calamities that have fallen on the land and the diseases which the Lord has afflicted it. The whole land will be a burning waste of salt and sulfur, nothing planted, nothing sprouting, no vegetation growing in it. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Admah and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in fierce anger. All the nations will ask, Why has the Lord done this to this land? Why this fierce burning anger? And the answer will be, It is because this people abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the covenant he made with them when he brought them out of Egypt. They went off and worshipped other gods and bowed down to them, gods they did not know, gods he had not given them. Therefore the Lord's anger burned against this land, so they brought on it all the curses written in this book. In fierce anger and in great wrath, the Lord uprooted them from their land and thrust them into another land as it is now. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may know and follow the words of this law. Uh, so we've talked about, you know, through, through the week, we've talked about, uh, about the blessing of God and the curses in the covenant or uh, the judgment of God. And uh, God is active in both blessing those who are faithful to him and opposing and judging everything that stands against him. And we're introduced to the concept of blessing and cursing from, you know, the very beginning of the story. God created us for blessing through sin. Uh, we brought about his certain wrath and his curse, but even in judgment, uh, God held out the hope of, of salvation uh, from the very beginning. So even in his wrath and even in his punishment, we find his, his grace at work. But it is a severe mercy, as C.S. Lewis once labeled it. Mm -hmm. I mean, verse 26 just strikes me that they went off and worshiped other gods and bowed down to them gods they did not know. I mean, this this God, their God, the Lord, their God, is a God that they know because of His, because He has shown Himself to them. He has chosen to dwell with them and among them, and and yet, of course, this is foretelling what would happen um, if they were to abandon the Lord, and, and unfortunately, they do. But to worship gods that they do not know, I mean, that that just really strikes me because it's like. We have so much in the Lord. We have been given so much, and yet we trade him for these counterfeits. These This is nothing, and we don't even know them, and yet they seem appealing to us in the moment. How unfaithful of a people are we? And it just it reminds me of just how gracious he is to continue and to, to bring us back um, by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, and, and of course, there's a couple of other things that are kind of embedded in that phrase, gods I did not know, and I did not give them, them. Uh, trying to find satisfaction in things that are are not given to us you know by the hand of you know by the hand of god mm -hmm. and uh 
uh, God's eye, they did not know. Here is a God who has brought himself in the middle and revealed himself to him, given his heart and character so that they might know him and he might be their God. And of course, none of these gods are able you know, to do that. None of these gods are able to bring them into a relationship. None of these gods are able to graciously rescue them. And uh, the whole key to that is they're, they're trying to find satisfaction in gifts I did not give. Mm-hmm. And the opposite of that certainly is true, that we find our heart and satisfaction in what he has given, and we find contentment in what he has not given. Mm-hmm. And even so much of that is you know, the, the gift of God to, to give us eyes to see that and, and ears to hear that. And we even see that kind of irony at the beginning, which you know, your eyes have seen all that the Lord did um, in Egypt to Pharaoh. Tall as a fist with your own eyes, you saw these great trials, these signs, and these great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear, you know, and so you can obviously be so close, yet it's the work of God to give you the the mind to understand and the ears to hear and, and the eyes to see all that he has done. Which is another thing that's <laughs> echoed by Jesus, right? That you have that you have eyes but you don't see and you have ears that but you don't hear. So it's another thing that we uh, but of course it's also the gift of grace, you mm-hmm. know, and what we've been given. It's a, it's a foretelling of what would uh, need to be the final ingredient for God's people to truly know God and to serve God. There would need to be a deeper work, uh, you know, where I put a new heart in them, mm-hmm. take out of mm-hmm. my heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, put a new spirit in them. And and so the gift that we have through the Holy Spirit is the ability to, to see, the ability to hear, uh, you know, to understand and of course he comes you know to that at the end of the thing the secret things belong to the lord our god but the things that have been revealed belong you know to us and god has given us through the spirit a revelation of himself and his son and he's by his spirit he's he's given us the ability to enter into his presence and not just see him for who he is but to cry out to him abba father to know him uh Mm -hmm. you know for who he is and of course, I've always loved you know verse twenty nine. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, uh, that we may follow the words of the, the law. We we have in Scripture uh, not the answer to our every question about God, but all we need to know about God to live <laughs> and to enjoy Him deeply. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have many questions, you know, that are yet unanswered. And of course, as a you know, um, people of the Reformed faith. We, we hate that, that we do not have a definitive answer for every single thing that happens. And, of course, it's not just a, our, you know, our, uh, our disposition as well. People you know, from Armenian position as well have explanations that go well beyond Scripture. And it should be enough for us just to hear what God has said, to know what God has said, and, and in wonder, uh, and to sit back and, and to relish even the mystery, knowing that behind the mystery uh, that... Uh, we have the goodness of God, and it's going to be even more grand than you know what our eyes have seen or imagined. You know, it, it's remarkable to me how many times, as we've been reading through this story of Scripture so far, how many times God has to warn His people against idolatry, mm-hmm. and, and to even say, you know, don't like be careful to follow me. Remember, obey. Be careful to do all that I've required you to do. But it, I think it's, at times we we hear these words that even in verse nine, carefully follow the terms of this covenant. And we miss the so that you may prosper. You know, the, the, the heart of this is that God's people, you know, maybe this is a theme you know, we'll see as we read this, but, you know, as we worship, we, we become what we worship in a sense. You know, that as God's people would, 
would follow him and, and worship him. You know, they would be a light to the nations. They would display his heart and character. But then you're going to see, we'll see it in the psalmist and Isaiah, that you know, as we worship idols, we become like those idols. Mm-hmm. And the, the danger, you know, yep. even here in this covenant ceremony, is God's telling his people. And of course, that's a characteristic of idols. They have eyes they cannot see. They have ears they exactly. cannot hear. You know, is the, he's calling them, saying, be a, be a f- people who are faithful and you're prosper in the land I'm giving you. Be my people. This is a covenant we're making. Yeah, and yet he even says later on, when such a person hears the words of this oath and they invoke a blessing on themselves, thinking, mm-hmm. I will be safe, even though I persist in going my own way, you know, destruction will come upon them. That That's the heart. I mean, that's the, the, no, the that sounds we see in the garden. That sounds very severe, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the judgments, you know, but uh, it's, you know, it is also, you know, something Paul warns us about, you know, in the New Testament, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Uh, we always will you know, end up uh, reaping what we have sown. And if we sow to please ourselves or to the flesh, we'll reap destruction. And if we sow to please the Spirit, we'll, we'll reap life. And so that's true in the New Covenant as well. You know, as we pursue our own things, it'll only lead to uh, discipline and, and destruction, not ultimate destruction, you know, for us. And so he's simply saying to the one in Israel, saying, you know, God is so busy that he doesn't know what's going on in my life, and I can do my own thing and get away with it. No, God knows, and God, uh, God will call you into account, yeah. and and God will, you know, God will judge everything that is opposed to him. He he must because of his character. It's not he woke up cranky one day and is in a bad mood. For him to stand for everything that is good, he must oppose everything that is evil. And, of course, a lot of evil resides in our own heart and our pride and in our stubbornness yeah. and in our desire to go our own way, you know, rather than to honor him. Um, I was, you know, of course, when we read this, uh, we, we feel like we're safe from idolatry mm-hmm. because we don't have these little gods sitting on ourselves that you know, we burn incense to or anything like that. I was just thinking it's kind of interesting, although we no longer shape them into, you know, images of our deities. It's the very same thing we like. We like wood and we like gold and we mm-hmm. like silver. So we've, we've just uh, dispensed with shaping them into the form of a god and just worship them for what they are. We just like wood and gold and silver and <laughs> all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't help but think of the words of John when he finishes up his letter. You know, First John, mm-hmm. and the very last word he leaves nice. them with is, little children, keep yourself from idols. Yeah. Uh, nice touch, Matt Kresge. <laughs> and he talks about choosing life right before that. He yeah. just talks about the life that we did. And it really pointed me back to the end of Deuteronomy, which is what we're about to cover tomorrow. But stay tuned. Well, let's do that tomorrow. In the meantime, <laughs> Katie, why don't you close us okay. with prayer today? <laughs> Father, thank you. Um, thank you for this passage. Thank you for just... Um, the several reminders that we get in this book um, that we are to follow follow you, follow hard after you, and, and keep our eyes on you um, because it's there that we will find the most joy. It's there that we will find the most fulfillment and satisfaction that you long for us um, to live lives that are abundant um, and lives that, that where we receive and, and experience your grace. So would we do that um, 
would we keep our eyes on you and remember the grace that we've been given um, in Christ Jesus, and especially just this season of of Advent as we celebrate Christmas and um, can so be so easily distracted um, by the things around us and the material items around us. Um, but would you help us to fix our eyes on you this season? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.